Hi, I'm Jill, and you've landed on the Grow Like a Mother podcast. This is a place where we lean into all things motherhood and personal growth. We talk about the good, bad, and ugly in a way that's real and relatable. Whether I'm interviewing guests or sharing my own wisdom and learnings, this is half an hour for you. Put this on in your car or on a walk, while you're doing chores, wherever it fits into your life and give yourself the gift of prioritizing yourself. You'll hear tips and tricks and tactics to help you get aligned with the version of you that doesn't just go by the name mom. You'll hear my methods of time ownership and goal achievement and learn how to master your mindset and tune into your intuition. These are the things that can create true transformation in how you navigate life and take you from feeling overwhelmed to in control. This is Motherhood Mixed with Woo. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's dive in. Hey, so welcome back to the podcast. I'm going to try to do something a little bit different today. Um, If you've been tuning in since the beginning, then you'll know that I started this podcast with doing some scripted um, sort of teaching kind of episodes, and then I tested out some... um, some interview style ones, both with myself being interviewed on other people's podcasts and um, interviewing people on my podcast. And so today, what I wanted to try to do was do something a little bit more impromptu. Improv. Is that what they call improv? Yeah. So I don't have a script. Um, I may or may not turn this into a blog post, depending. I know that Um, Maybe you don't know, but each episode of the podcast gets turned into a blog post on the website. So um, to serve those audience members who maybe prefer to do reading than uh, listening. So I turn all of my podcasts into blog posts for the most part. And that's super easy for me to do because I write them out in advance. And so I have that, that copy, that text that I can just throw into a blog post and off I go. So super easy and it serves me well, but today I wanted to try something different. I want to hear your thoughts on if you like it, if you don't, uh, does it vibe with you? Does it feel cool? Or do I just sound like I'm rambling? Um, So would love to hear your thoughts. But the topic for today that I want to talk to you about is what to do when no one is coming to save you. And this hits home for me specifically right now, and I feel like collectively we all have a little bit of this going on with what's happening in the world right now where we feel a little bit out of control of our own circumstances. We feel a little bit um, r- <clears throat> ruled by the institution, the powers, the government, whatever. It, at a moment's notice, they could shut it down. Uh, They could shut the daycares down. They could shut the schools down. They can shut our businesses down. Whatever is the case, it is out of our control. Good or bad, whatever your views are, it's out of our control. And I personally have a difficult time with that because I plan ahead. And I want to know that my plan can be executed because I put a lot of thought into it. And so I feel really um, off course when things are thrown at me that I can't control. And so I thought, well, what can I do in that situation? What can I do when no one's coming to save me? When this this life is mine and I just have to do with it what I will and deal with whatever has happened and whatever is happening and make the best of it. And so 
I have a couple notes here on things that I personally find very helpful when I'm in that sort of victim mentality of, oh, I'm, I'm not in control. I feel really um, tailspinny. I'm, I wish that I could do things differently. I wish that things were different. And when I have that sort of mentality, the things that I tell myself or that I think about to help me get through that. Um, and get back to feeling confident and empowered and in control of my choices. So, um, you know, maybe it's something as simple as you just don't have help. Maybe that is the thing that causes you to feel like nobody's coming to save you. You're either a single parent, uh, maybe like me, your husband works opposite hours to you. And so you do what I call solo parenting for most of the time where you're in a relationship, but you're the one doing all the work. You're the one who's there for the mornings. You're the one who's there for the nights, whatever the case. Or maybe you just don't have any help at all. Maybe you don't have family nearby to help and support you. Maybe you've just moved to a new place and you haven't made friends yet. Or maybe COVID just completely fucked your social circle and the friends that you do have, you can't see them. (laughs) Maybe whatever the case is. I mean, all of us have a different story, but The thing that I want to remind you of is that you have to get creative. When no one's coming to save you and you feel like it's all on your shoulders and you maybe can't control things, you need to step into your power and figure out how you can make things work for you. And it's going to look a little bit different for each of us. Um, But here are some ideas that I've come up with for my specific situation that I feel like could be translatable to just about anyone, okay? The first thing is to find a community. And that's super important. It does take a village, specifically as moms. We know this. You can't do it by yourself. I hope that you've come to the point where you realize that asking for help is not a weakness. It is a strength and that people want to help you. So I would say if you don't have people physically in your area, friends, family, pull in neighbors. Go on Facebook and pull in a social community. And yes, it's virtual and you can't see, touch, feel these people. They can't come to your house and let you have a snooze. If you're, you know, completely just overwhelmed and exhausted one day, you can't swap kids. But a social network of like-minded moms who are in the same situation as you that you can talk with, vent with, support each other, that is huge. You can try if your kids are in school or daycare, you could try to connect with the other parents. I know for me, our um, preschool and kindergarten both have Facebook groups. And so I can go on and I ask my kids, you know, who are your friends? Who do you, who do you hang around with during the day? Who do you like? And then I go and I find those parents. And sometimes if I can't find them, I put a post up like, hey, to the mummies of Mina and Everly, my daughter can't stop talking about your kids. Let's get on a play date together. You know, I don't know these ladies, but their kids are my daughter's best friends. And if we can connect outside of that preschool setting and make some connections and friendships, or at least just get out of our house and our comfort zone and meet different people, that's so humongous. That's so important. And it serves our children well as well, but it's really going to serve you well if you can go out of your comfort zone and just sort of put yourself out there and introducing yourself to people who might be a good resource for you. You just have to ask. You can find a babysitter, whether it is a teenager or a a retired person. 
I know for me, I used Facebook. I didn't know anyone in my community when my kids were small. And I got on a, a local community group on Facebook and I said, hey, who's who's a babysitter? <laughs> Who do you recommend? And I found my teenage babysitter because her mom posted and said, hey, my daughter babysits. Here's her references. And I had them over for a coffee and I chatted with them and it was a good fit. And she still babysits for my kids two and a half years later. And I know that there are lots and lots of grandmas and um, sort of the over 60 crowd who maybe have some extra time in their hands and they love little ones and they love helping and they remember what it was like. And they would be a wonderful resource for you to say, hey, I need some help. Can you know, can I get you in to watch my kids or get them on the bus or, you know, play with them while I'm getting dinner ready? Find those people and get them in your life. And it's not a one-way street. It's not just, oh, I'm looking for people who can help me and I want, want, want. I want to take, take, take. The relationship is going to give to that person too. Anyone who helps you out of the goodness of their heart. It does not have to cost money. It doesn't have to be transactional. Of course, it could be if you have the resources to manage that. But anyone who's helping you, whether for financial gain or not, is doing it out of the kindness of their heart and they get something back out of it. And one thing that my business coaches are are reminding me of constantly is what are the ways that you get paid? Yes, you can get paid in money, but how else can you get paid? You can get paid in testimonials. You can get paid with the joy that it brings you to to help someone. And so I want you to remember that money's not the only currency and people are out there that can help you. You just need to look. There are community resources you can go to. I'm sure that your town, county, whatever has, has community resources. Start by doing a Google search, reach out to the city, find those resources. And even though some of it's going to be virtual right now, it's still worth your time. It's still worth your commitment. It's still worth investigating and getting curious and looking at different areas of where you can get help if you don't have it. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to remind you of is that balance is a verb. Okay. It's a thing that you're always working at. It's not a thing that you achieve. And so what I mean by that is that you can try your very best to have a work-life balance, okay? And it's going to feel hard because it's impossible to do. Some seasons of your life, you need to dedicate more to your kids. You know, when they're small, that's a season I'm in right now. I'm fitting this podcast in because the kids are sleeping over at their grandma's because I asked for help. You know, I felt like I couldn't do it all. I couldn't be there with my kids and get enough sleep and run a business. And by the way, I work full time too at a corporate job. So life is busy and, and I just felt like, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this all. And then I thought, yeah, you can, you ask for the help and you realize that in some seasons, family's going to have to take priority. And in some seasons, your job might have to take priority, but it's never cut and dry Everything changes constantly. And that's why I really preach that balance is a verb. 
balance is something that you are constantly working towards. I really love, it isn't in my notes, but it's something that I think would be really helpful to share with you. And you'll probably hear about it in a different podcast because I know it's in my notes somewhere. But um, Jamie Glowacki, who is a parenting coach that I follow, um, she has this great analogy about balance being a verb. And she sort of likens it to having pots on the stove. So if you picture your stovetop, you've got four burners. Most of us have four burners on a standard stove. And if you just imagine having one pot on every burner and they're at different stages, okay? So at any given time, you're going to have a pot that's boiling over. That is the one that you need to deal with right then. But there's also those ones that you can kind of keep on the back, you know, like they might be simmering. It's not an urgent situation. Maybe a few of them are just starting to get warm. And it's going to change based on, you know, the time of day and how much water's in the pot and the size of the pot. The burner that needs your attention is going to change. And so you can balance all of those and you can make sure that, you know, one doesn't boil over and that they all actually get warm, but it's not equal. They aren't all at the same stage at the same time. And it's unrealistic to think that that is going to be the case. Okay. Balance is a verb. Okay, moving along. Something that Rachel Hollis teaches that I really love, and I've heard other people coach on this too, um, is that you need to embrace the suck. Embrace the crappy parts of your life and those seasons that it feels really hard because those things are there to teach you something. And Tony Robbins says that things happen for you. They don't happen to you. Okay, and if you can get in that mindset of saying, yes, this thing happened, I did not choose this, I do not like this, I do not want this, what can I learn? What is this here to provide me an opportunity to do? What is this here to teach me? And I really like to look at it. Um, My most recent business coach sort of says that everything that she has gone through in her life has set her up to be able to teach at the level that she does. Because if she hadn't experienced that thing on her own and gone through the hardship and figured it out, she wouldn't be in a position where she can teach me how to do that. And I feel the exact same way about what I teach you. I have learned to embrace the shitty things that have happened, embrace the suck, realize that even though we have free will and I believe wholeheartedly in manifestation and being able to create the life that you want for yourself, things happen and you can't always control it. But what you can control is what you learn from it. Okay. So your mindset is everything. The stories that you tell yourself, that is your reality. So embrace it when things don't go right and find meaning in it that's not just negative. Create a story for yourself where that thing is a positive and repeat, repeat, repeat that story to yourself until it's ingrained in your head and it's gonna turn into a positive thing for you. Another thing that you can do when you feel like no one's coming to save you is get out a pen and paper and write that shit down. Journal about how you're feeling. It does not need to be formal. It does not need to be fancy. It does not need to be a leather-bound notebook with an inspirational quote on the front, although I love me a beautiful (laughs) notebook. It can be, you know, the back of a piece of printer paper that you printed the wrong thing on or you don't need anymore. It can be, 
you know, a post-it note, whatever. It can be the app in your phone, but I really do recommend putting pen to paper. There's something really cathartic about that, but journal about how you're feeling. Just sit down and set a timer. Set a timer for 20 minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever you can spare that feels right for you and make sure you're writing the whole time and just write what's coming to your mind. Empty your mind and let the pen flow and the things that are going to come out you will find are amazing. You won't even know where they come from. All these emotions and feelings and stories and and thoughts and beliefs and, you know, pain points and challenges and inspirations and goals, all of that's going to come out. Just write down how you're feeling. And you're going to get to a point where you feel like you have nothing left to write. But if there is time on that clock, girl, sit with it. And I promise you more will come. And that is the juicy stuff. Okay. And when you're done with that, when you're done writing down how you feel about it, especially if it's something where you're just dumping the negative onto paper and getting it all out and, and feeling like, God, all of the negative stuff just flows out of you and you can release that. Take that paper, crumble it up, and play some trash can basketball. Or burn it. Or rip it up into tiny pieces and make confetti and just release it. Not so good to do if you've put some really positive, inspiring things on the paper. But if that is something that can help you release all of the negativity, do that. Try it. It's it's just transformative, honestly. Okay. Um... What else do I have here? Oh, this is huge. And this is something that I do a lot and that now I realize that I do it. I'm making a very conscious effort to stop doing it. And maybe you can relate. I try to sell other people on my problems and I try to convince them just how big these problems are and how unfair it is for me. And, you know, the more that you try to convince someone, the more that you hammer it home into your subconscious that that is your reality. And so, For me specifically, as I mentioned, I do a lot of solo parenting, even though I have a husband and he's present in the home and in their lives, I always want people to realize and recognize how much work I do and how the balance is not fair and how I take on more of the responsibility. I take on all of the mental load. I take on most of the physical, um, parenting jobs and the the bedtimes and the drop-offs and the pickups and the feeding and all of the things. And I want people to know that. And I want people to feel, not feel bad for me, but I want people to recognize and validate for me that I'm doing a good job. And I often find that I'm doing just that, trying to sell them on my problems, how tired I am, how early I wake up, how much work I do, blah, 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 whatever the thing is. And I sure, I'm sure you can relate to something in this story is that you're selling people on your problems to convince people of them. But all you're doing is hammering it into your self-conscious that that is your reality. Okay? You, you don't need anyone else to recognize and validate for you how hard you work. You know that. You know how much effort you put in. You know how hard things are for you. And you know the work that you're putting in to whatever it is, parenting or business or whatever, you know? And and I do this also, if I'm being really honest, I do this with my son. He has autism and and it's really difficult. And it's not 
it's not something that I, I don't like to play like the autism card, but I do want my social circle to realize that it's difficult for me and things are different. And when I complain about X, Y, or Z, or, you know, when I've got this challenge, it's because I have extra challenges compared to them. And I don't know if that's about trying to feel like I one-up them or I don't know what that's about. I need to dig more into that. Oh my God, I'm getting really vulnerable here with you guys. But all of this to come back to say, you don't need to focus on that. And you don't need to bring that into other people's awareness necessarily, unless it's helpful for you. If it is just complaining and if it's just trying to get other people's sympathy or buy-in or acknowledgement or whatever, cut that shit out because it's not helpful to anyone. Oh, got to turn my cell phone off. So what happens when I wing it? Sorry, guys. Okay. A couple more things that I want to touch on. I know this is probably a longer podcast than most um, because I'm literally just talking to you. But one thing that I really like to do, this is the last thing. Okay. When you're feeling overwhelmed, like you can't handle it, like there is too much on your plate and no one is helping you and no one is coming to save you. When you're lying down in bed or when you're, when you're sitting on your couch, thinking about this, getting overwhelmed or whatever, whenever this shows up for you, I want you to stop. And I want you to to picture all of the problems and challenges and hard things as like a little package, put them all in like a little bag you know, or a box or a bin or something. Just picture that in your mind. All those hardships are going into this little box and you're going to put it on the shelf. You're going to hand it over to God or the universe or whatever your word is. Okay. It's all the same. I really think that we all have the same belief at the bottom of it, but whatever that word is for you, for, for me, it's the universe. Give that box to the universe for a little while. For me, I do it at night. You know, when my mind is racing and I'm lying in bed trying to fall asleep and there's all these things causing me stress and worry and I just box them up, pass them over and I say, hey, hold these for me for the night. I know they'll be there when I wake up. Just just care for these for me. Hold these. Keep them safe so that they're, they're there for me when I wake up, but I don't need them right now. And it's truly amazing what happens because I let go of them for the night and they're still there in the morning but I can sleep peacefully or I can move on with my day without keeping that baggage with me. Just give that over to something else. Trust that it will be kept safe and that you can return to it when you have the capacity to do that. And honestly, a lot of times the next morning when I wake up, the universe hands me a lighter box. Some of those things aren't important anymore. And some of those things I've had a good night's sleep and I sorted it out, you know, or I now have the rest I need to be able to to deal with it head on. And if it's still in my box, when the universe gives it back to me, I can deal with it quickly. Okay. So that's a really key thing that I do. I know it's kind of woo woo and goofy, but you know what? I'm kind of getting into that. And this is maybe where the podcast is going. I don't know, but guys try it. Just try it. What's the harm? Okay. And one thing that I'm going to leave you with today is I want you to practice joy as if your life depends on it, okay? Practice being joyful. Practice being happy. Practice noticing delights in your life, you know? And do this as if your life depends on it because it fucking does. The happiness that you can have in your life honestly depends on your willingness to notice the good things, 
to do the gratitude work and to be present. Okay. Your life depends on it. And I think that's it for today. Oh my gosh, I did it. I did a whole episode with no, with very basic notes. What'd you think? Tell me, I want to know if you like this conversation style, if you prefer when I read um, from something that's um, maybe a little bit more thought through and succinct and quick. Um, do you love the interviews? I just want to know. Check in with me. Uh, DM me on, on Instagram or, or on Facebook. You can find me at Living With Heart Community on both. You know, check out the website, get signed up for the newsletter, reply to me. I love hearing your replies. Um, if you don't know, right now I have a free five-part video series I've put together, which I think you'll really dig. It's a quick email for five days, you know, one email a day for five days with me teaching out in five-minute sort of blocks on different aspects of how to really just level up and get your shit together in your life, how to manage your time, how to get productive, how to figure out your goals. It's a really good starting point if you ever wanted to dive into personal development or if you're curious, if you think there's more for you and you just, you know that this is, that it is the time for you to step into it and level up. It's a really nice place to start. It's free, of course. Um, and if you like my style, I think you'll really like it. So you can find that um, in the links on the Instagram bio. Um, if you go to www.livingwithheart.ca slash links, you'll be able to sign up there. Um, anyways, it's a great resource and I hope, uh, I hope that you can take advantage of it. That's it. Thanks guys. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Grow Like a Mother podcast this week. You can find more great tips, motivation, inspiration, and community on Instagram and Facebook at Grow Like a Mother on both platforms. And if you enjoyed today's show and wish that you had found it sooner, I invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. Doing so really helps promote the show to other moms just like you who want to grow and level up in their lives. And if you want to stay connected by email, I invite you to sign up for the email list by visiting the website, which is www.livingwithheart.ca, or diving into the free five-part video series that I recorded just for you. You can find all of the links and the details in the show notes. Until next week, keep on growing like a mother.